Welcome or welcome back to the Bridge Churches podcast, where we are committed to building irresistible bridges between the unchurched and Jesus Christ. We are so glad that you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Well, today we are starting a brand new series called Trapped, and we've all been trapped in something before. When I was thinking through this, I was thinking the weirdest thing I've ever been trapped in is between a deer's antlers. Let me explain for a minute. When I was younger, we went to Marine Land. If you've ever been there, they had a section where you could walk in amongst deer and feed them. Well, I was there one time when I was a kid, and I had a cool fanny pack on because that's what kids did, you know? And I had my camera in it. And at one point, I went to take out my camera. And I'm not sure if the the deer thought I had food or what, but it kind of comes and rams me. And I've got an antler on this side and an antler on this side, and I'm kind of running with this deer. And I was kind of stuck there for a few seconds. And it was a really weird thing. And there are all sorts of videos on YouTube you can go check out later. A lot of fun. You can spend, waste a lot of your afternoon looking at unbelievable videos of people who get stuck in some really, really weird things. I kind of wanted to just do that today, but I thought I better not. But you've probably been stuck in something. Maybe you're not 17 and decided a baby swing is the best place to, to go for a swing, but you've probably been stuck in something. Maybe it's just stuck in traffic. Maybe, you know, when we used to go on vacation, you were stuck on a plane waiting for your gate to be ready. Maybe you've done one of those escape rooms, but you've been stuck in something. Maybe it was an awkward conversation you were just trying desperately to get out of. You've been stuck, you've been trapped in something. You've been trapped in something that you wanted to get out of. And while those things can be silly, those things can be weird, those things may even tell a fun story one day, the fact is there's some things that we get trapped in all the time that are much, much more dangerous. And especially if you're a Christian, it can actually affect your faith. So over the next three weeks, I want to talk about three things that we get trapped in on a regular basis that is a big, big issue. So today I want to talk about being trapped in fear. I might not even need to say any more than that. You already go, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. I know what it's like to be trapped in fear. You see, fear can be a good thing, but it can also be a very, very negative thing. So it can be a good thing. Fear is the result of the ability to remember the past and project into the future. It's one of the reasons kids sometimes seem so fearless. They don't have a back catalog of all the times things have gone horribly wrong. And they go, hey, maybe I shouldn't do this. But you, as as a teenager or as a young adult or as an adult... You've gone up on your roof to go fix something and your brain goes, hey, I remember that time I fell out of my bunk bed or I remember that time I fell off my bike or I remember my time I did this and I got hurt. And so your brain goes, maybe when I'm up here on the roof, I need to be a little extra careful. I'm, I'm looking at the, 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 the past. I'm able to remember the past and I'm able to be able to project into the future and go, maybe, just maybe, I need to be a little bit more careful right now and I need to be extra cautious. And that can be a great thing about fear. It can keep us safe. It's a reason we don't, don't go running out in traffic. We've been hit by, you know, our, our friends, you know, riding their bikes near us. And we go, hey, a car is bigger than their bike. I don't want to get hit by a bike. So I definitely don't want to get hit by a car. And fear can keep us safe. But there's another thing fear does. See, fear tri- is triggered when we imagine what might happen. And this is the one we get trapped in. This is the area of fear we get trapped in all the time, where we start to imagine what might happen. 
It's the reason when your kids are a few minutes late getting home or your your spouse is a few minutes late coming home, you're not usually thinking, oh, there's probably some traffic or maybe, you know, they're having fun. They they left a little bit later today. No, no, you're thinking about them in a ditch with the car flipped over and they're bleeding to death and you didn't even get to say goodbye to them or tell them you love them. Like, Like that's where your brain goes. Your imagination just starts to run Wild, And we've all been there where our imagination just starts to go about what might happen. I mean, the, the likelihood's pretty low, but it could happen, right? And her imagination just starts to go there. When I was thinking about this, other than, you know, worrying about my family in a ditch somewhere, one of the things I thought about was when I was a, a pastor in Niagara Falls. Before I was a pastor at the bridge, I was a pastor down Niagara Falls. And I was a, a campus pastor, but for all intents and purposes, I was a senior pastor there. We're, I was called a campus pastor because we we're associated with a larger church, but I was the only guy there. I was the only staff member at that kind of level. We had uh, an admin person, but but I was the, the main pastor. And I was there just a few months, and I got called up, and I, I was told about this guy in our church who I had known a little bit and said hello to a few times, chatted a little bit, but I got told his dad just passed away. It was unexpected, and this guy was angry. This guy was angry at God, he was angry at at church, he was angry at the whole situation, and he was just upset and and frustrated, and he was just in a bad place. And I really wish in that moment that there was someone else whose job that was to call. I really wish in that moment there was someone else who I could just kind of pass it off to. I really wish, to be honest, if I can be dead honest, I wish that was just an email thing I could deal with, but it wasn't. Of course, I had to call. But my mind was going. My imagination was going about what might happen. I was afraid that when I called him up, that all of a sudden I was going to get told off. I was afraid that I was going to get told off. The church was going to get told off. He was going to be telling God off. He was going to be like, hey, why did these types of things happen? Why does God allow these types of things to happen? And my mind just started to wander. Now, thankfully, with that situation, it actually went pretty well. The conversation went really good, and, and he was actually very thankful that I had called. In fact, I think that moment solidified kind of our friendship. And from that day forward, he was like the guy. If I ever need, needed anything, he was the guy I could call. In fact, if I ever need to bury a body, I mean, my wife would turn me in. But that guy would be there with a the shovel going, I'm sure you had a reason. I'm sure you had a reason. And he was there for me. And I get it. It doesn't all work. It always work out like that. But so often, our imaginations, our mind just starts to wander and wander and project and goes, oh, my goodness, what might happen? And the other problem with fear is that fear breeds fear. Fear breeds fear. Being around fearful people breeds fear. It's kind of like watering a gremlin after midnight. You know, it just breeds, it multiplies. It multiplies inside of you and you get worried and and more worried about other things. And the people around you start to worry and worry and worry. It just spreads like wildfire. In fact, so many of us are just trapped in fear. So many of us are just trapped in fear. As I've thought about the past few years, it just seems to be so heightened. I think the pandemic's been a big part of it. You know, it, it's been a stressful time. It's been a hard time. It's been a difficult time. Being locked down has been difficult. And it's just heightened. Fear is nothing new, but it certainly seemed that over the past few years, it has been a big deal. And it doesn't matter what side of anything you're on, you are fearful. And I don't want to get political here today, and I I really don't, but I just want to kind of prove my point. What do you think of when I say the word Trump? So when when Trump was about to get elected, there's all sorts of people thought the world was going to get come to an end if Trump got elected. 
And there's a, another group of people thought the world was going to come, come to an end if he didn't get elected. And then this whole pandemic happened. And there's a group of people who were worried about their safety and the safety of those they loved. And they've got elderly parents and they've got kids with health issues. And they were really freaking out that they were going to get sick and someone they, that, that, that someone they cared about and loved was going to get very, very sick or maybe even die. And there's another group of people who were, who were freaking out that, that the government had overreach and that they were worried that they were going to have to get a vaccine that they didn't want to get. And, and both sides were fearful. If you're in Ottawa, there's the, the trucker, pen, uh, the trucker um, protest uh, lately. Then if you've been watching the news, of course, there's, there's Ukraine and Russia and the tensions there. And it just seems like the last little while has been full of fear full of fear, and the fear has just kind of reached an all-time max. But the question I want to wrestle with today is how do you not get trapped in fear even when there's something to be afraid of, even when there's actually things to be afraid of? I'm not going to suggest you just kind of, you know, cover your ears and close your eyes and pretend it all is, is not there and it all just goes away. No, 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 no. There's actually things to be fearful in, of in this world. But how do we not get trapped in fear in spite of that? And if you're a Christian, you've, you've probably maybe dove into your Bible, maybe you've done a Google search, Bible and fear, and you've come up with some lines like this. You heard them say, fear not, you've read fear not, or do not be afraid, to which you kind of looked at it and goes, that's not very helpful. That's not very helpful. Thanks, but no thanks. You know, that's not very helpful with what I'm dealing with right now. You know, I remember one time when I was a kid, I don't remember how old I was, I was getting tucked in by my mom, so I wasn't 15 or anything, but I was getting t- tucked in by my mom, and, and I was going to bed at night, and for some reason, I was a little bit fearful that night, and I remember looking at my mom and, and telling her, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of scared, and I'm, I'm worried someone's going to break in at night and, 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 you know, come into our house while we're sleeping, and I, I was expecting, honestly, kind of a, a don't worry about it, nothing to be afraid of, you know, the, the don't be afraid kind of answer. Well, my mom doesn't give me that answer. She says, well, you know, that's why you lock the doors and that's why, why we take these extra precautions so that stuff doesn't happen. And I go, I remember thinking, that's not helpful. That's not helpful. And maybe you felt that. Maybe you've gone into a Bible search and you go, don't be afraid. Fear not. That's not helpful at all. Thanks, but no thanks. Well, I want to look at a passage of Scripture today. In fact, a couple of passages of Scripture where Jesus talked about fear. We're going to pick it up in Matthew chapter 10. It says this, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body. Again, helpful? <laughs> no, that's not helpful at all. In fact, when we're talking about not being afraid of things that you actually have to be, or there is weird reason to be afraid, and how do you not get trapped in the fear, you might be kind of thinking in your head, well, yeah, there's a, probably a continuum of fear. There's things that, yes, I'm fearful of, and, and the likelihood is probably not going to happen, and, and yeah, I should worry less about that. And then th- there's things up here where you're thinking, yeah, those are big things worth fearing, and I need to think about those, and I need to worry about those. Well, killing the body, that's kind of up here, Jesus. I mean, that's kind of like the whole thing, Jesus. That's not, oh, well, I'm worried about something that's probably not going to, like, someone might kill me. That's something to be afraid of. It says, don't worry about those who might kill the body. He goes on. Don't be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both the soul and body in hell. So he's saying, don't worry simply about your physical body, but there's something much more important. There's more going on than just what's here on earth. He goes on. 
It says, are not two sparrows sold for a penny, to which we have no idea. But sure, we'll believe Jesus. Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside the Father's care. And what Jesus is saying here is, no matter what goes on in your life, no matter what circumstances arise, no matter, no matter what horrible things come your way, they're actually not out of control. At the end of the day, your Father, your Heavenly Father, gets the ultimate say. Your Heavenly Father gets the ultimate say in whether things can happen or not. Your Heavenly Father gets the final say. And what's so interesting about this passage is just a few chapters earlier, we read a fairly well-known story. And we're going to pick it up in chapter 8. It says, Then he got into the boat, Jesus. Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a furious storm came up on the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. That may kind of sum up how you feel today. You know, the waves are coming up over the boat. The waves are coming up over into your boat. The, the, the circumstance of, of your life just seem overwhelming, and you're, they're about to drown you. And it might just seem like Jesus is fast asleep. He's nowhere to be found. And that might just sum up how you feel today. The story goes on, though. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown he replied, you have little faith. Why? Why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? Now, they wouldn't probably say this out loud, but I have to wonder, maybe in their heads, and maybe if it was anybody but Jesus, someone might, one might ask, well, that's a stupid question, isn't it? They might say, that's just a really dumb question. I mean, why are we so afraid? I mean, Jesus... We have friends who have come out on the water and have gotten seriously hurt. Or we have friends who have lost their lives. I mean, I can show you their, 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 their wife that they left behind. I can show you the kids that don't have a father anymore because of a bad storm that came around. In fact, we were out here on this very lake a few months ago, and there was a water coming in, and we didn't think we were going to make it home. I mean, why are you so afraid? There's very, 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 very real things to be afraid of right now, Jesus and again, we may not say that out loud, but we might think it in our heads. Why are you so afraid? Because there's things to be afraid of. The story continues. Then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. It was completely calm. He gets up from where he's having a nap, and he tells the storm to cut it out. And it does. I mean, you may have seen someone who, you know, maybe needs some help and they've been yelling at some body of water before, but this guy actually says something and the winds and the waves stop. Pretty crazy experience. And the disciples, they were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. That's a fair question, isn't it? What kind of guy is this? I mean, they spent a lot of time around Jesus. They've seen him do some pretty incredible things. But all of a sudden, as the waves are crashing around, around him, as they think they're going to drown and die, he just says, cut it out. And it does. What kind of man is this? They are 
just kind of dumbfounded. I think in that moment, you know, they, they stopped looking at the waves and the winds all around, and they just kind of had their eyes on Jesus staring at him. Maybe their jaws dropped going, who on earth is this guy? See, Jesus asked them, you know, why are you so afraid? I think he could ask them this question as well. Why are you looking at the storm? Why are you looking at the storm? I mean, you know who I am? Why are you looking at the storm? Why are you worried about the water and the wind and the waves? I know it's crashing over the boat, but why aren't you looking at me? I can stop this. I can take care of it. You see, when faith in someone exceeds their fear in something, fear starts to lose its grip. Fear starts to trap us less when our faith in someone, Jesus, exceeds our fear of something, our circumstances. It's easy to look at the wind and the waves and the, everything coming into the boat, our, our circumstances, and going, oh my goodness. But I think what Jesus was illustrating at this moment when, in this event was something for all his followers to take is that it wasn't just for the helping and saving the disciples. But Jesus in that moment was going, you need to look at me. You need to pay attention to me. Don't worry about the circumstances. Pay attention to me. Put your faith in me. So you don't have to be trapped in fear, even though there is something to be afraid of. You don't have to be trapped in fear, even though there's something to be afraid of. Because Jesus is the one we need to give our attention to. Jesus is the one who can save us in those moments and help us in those moments. I'm not saying he's going to just come in and miraculously make your life better. But I do know, I do know you don't have the power to change anything, ultimately. But he does. He does. So my question is this. What do you fear today? What do you fear today? And when I say the, uh, the phrase trapped in fear, there's probably something that's coming to your mind. Is it fearful of, of world circumstances right now? Are you fearful of, of your family circumstances? Maybe your, your marriage is on the rocks. Maybe, you know, it's a bad situation with your kids right now. Maybe your job is, is just holding on by a thread and you kind of hate it anyway, but you, you don't know where else to go. What is it today that just has you trapped in fear? Well, your Savior is larger than your circumstances. Your Savior is larger than your circumstances. And I know that sounds kind of just trite or an off-the-cuff, kind of almost Christian fortune cookie type of saying. But it is so true. And honestly, I'm so tired of seeing Christians freaking out about every single thing that comes along. Yes, there's things to be fearful in this world. Yes, there's circumstances that deserve some attention. Yes, there is reasons to be fearful. But we don't have to be trapped in fear because our Savior is larger than our circumstances. So whatever came to mind when I asked you what you're afraid of, I'm going to invite you to take that today and lay it at the feet of your Savior. We're going to close out with an amazing song today. The band and, and Amy are going to leave, lead us in this beautiful, incredible song. And, and, and I love the whole thing, really. But one of the verses in particular is just so Powerful. It says this, I'm not going to be afraid because these waves, they're only waves. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be afraid 
I'm not going to fear the storm. (laughs) You are greater than its roar. No, I'm not going to fear the storm. I'm not going to fear at all. And as we close out today, I'm going to invite you to take whatever you are fearful of, whatever fear has trapped you, whether it's personal, whether it's the world situation right now, but whatever circumstances you are in, whatever you are fearful of, to lay them at the feet of your Savior and say, ultimately, I give these to you. Ultimately, you have control. I know you are greater than my circumstances. I'm going to lay them at your feet. As we close out today, may you do that. Don't go about and have lunch and, and, and grab the next coffee and, and all those things that you know, you're going to have to do with the rest of your day. Before you leave, as you're watching, as the song is playing, pray to your Savior and give, the, give those circumstances to Him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I know it's easier to say this than, than to do it. There's lots in this world to be afraid of. But I thank you that you are larger than any of it. Help us in those moments when we are trapped in fear to look to you and not the wind and the waves and and the circumstances around us. I can. It is so much easier to say than to do. But remind us of this, this sermon today. Remind us of this time together today that we can trust in you and that ultimately we can put our faith in you. Lord, as we close out today, give us a moment of clarity as we hand over to you the the things that trap us in fear. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. If you have any questions, you're looking for ways to take your next step, please visit us on our website, bridgechurches.ca. Much love. God bless.